Well, we are in part number four of a four-part series. Glad you're here today. I uh, hope you'll be encouraged. You know, if you'd like to jump in your car and take a ride, you never know. You might end up in the lobby at Stuttgart Harvest Church. <laughs> That's what happened today for my, my sister and brother-in-law. They came over from Wynn, and I'm glad they did. We get, they were the first ones here about, and we gave them the best parking spot right in the middle of the, the room. If you like to jump in your car and take a ride to get away on trips, I sure do. But if you do, you need your car, right? I mean, you need your car to function properly. You need your car to be dependable. But for your car to be dependable, your car actually needs you. There are some expensive lessons that we can learn with cars. Lessons that everyone needs to learn very quickly or things will get expensive and they'll continue to be expensive over and over and over again. Uh, lessons like you need to make sure you change your oil. That needs to happen or things will get very expensive as you run that engine. We have to even take care of the small things like our tires. We have to care for those or most certainly if we don't, then they will let us down quite literally. We need to take care of our tires. We need to do that or they will make us detour from our journey. They'll make us change our route from our trip. They'll make us slow down. They will even stop us. And they can not only endanger you, but they can endanger other people if we don't simply take care of our tires. Keeping those four tires aired up to the proper pressure and keeping those wheels aligned it's very important. You know, we don't think about it, but when we have a problem, we notice that they're out of alignment. And from experience, we kind of know what to look for, what to feel for, really. If it's out of alignment, we know it's out of alignment because there, we feel that problem in the steering wheel. If it is aligned, our car is going to be going straight the way we want it to go. But out of alignment, that car is going to pull sometimes severely to one side or the other. And if you're on a small trip, maybe it doesn't matter that much, but once you get on a long trip, then you realize you are fighting the car to go straight, and you're constantly having to fight that. On a long trip, it will wear you out with one set of wheels going one direction, another set trying to go another direction, and it will wear you out. You feel it. It wears you out on a long trip, but not just you forcing your car to go in a direction when it's trying to go in another direction, it grinds away at those tires and it shortens the life of those tires and that can become expensive too. And you know what? Eventually what is supposed to be on the inside of the tire comes outside and you begin to seal, see those steel belts and those cables and you are moments or days away at that point from a blowout, right? We understand that. How, how many of you think that just from your drive over here this morning that just maybe your car might be out of alignment? Does anybody, maybe you felt it this morning. Maybe you understand. So what causes that? Sometimes it's just, you know, hitting a bump, right? Or a pothole. We, they're, you know, sometimes they just sneak up on us. We can't miss them. And we hit a pothole. And that can do it. Not paying really close attention, we can also hit that tire on a curb, and that can do it. Or we can run over road debris. Any of those things can cause an alignment problem. Something just coming into contact with that wheel, and it jars it, it jolts it, it pushes it, it strikes it. 
Have you ever noticed, though, I find this interesting, it only happens, misalignment, it only happens when you're going places. <laughs> misalignment never occurs when you're just sitting there with the car parked and doing nothing. It doesn't happen, right? But a car was meant to be driven. It was meant to go on a journey, not to sit there. So you will be constantly um, battling or watching for, fighting against misalignment because you want to stay aligned. Now, this is true for a car, but Jesus says it's also true for people. And Jesus is making a very specific point on another topic here, but I want to borrow this phrase because it does apply and it is true. I want to borrow this phrase from Jesus when he points out that alignment is also true for groups of people. And we're going to find that in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said this, Any kingdom divided or misaligned by civil war is doomed. He goes on. He says, A town or a family splintered by feuding or misalignment will fall apart. That's what Jesus said. That things that are not aligned and moving in the same direction will fall apart. Cars will fall apart. And groups of people will fall apart. Jesus said nations and towns and families will fall apart. But now we have Paul. Now Paul was one of the lead church starters, and you will hear us talking more and more and more about church starting, but Paul was one of the lead church starters in the first century. And Paul also addresses alignment. He says even churches will fall apart if we don't stay aligned. Everyone moving in the same direction. All four wills moving in the same direction. He gives us this look in the book of 1 Corinthians. It's actually a letter that he wrote to a very specific church of a group of folks who were living in Corinth, but Paul understood that this letter would then be passed around to all of the churches who were there in the first century. And so here we have Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 10 here. He, Paul says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters. So he's speaking to other people who are believers. He says, I appeal to you by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, these are not just my commands. These are not just my words. I am under the umbrella. I am speaking for Jesus at this moment. Here's what he says, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I appeal to you to live in harmony. In other words, live aligned, moving in the same direction with each other, Paul says. He goes on. He says, let there be no divisions in the church. Now, this word divisions in the Greek, here's a very literal interpretation of what that word means. It means to tear. So he says, let there be no tears in the church. Let there be no rips in the church. He said, I appeal to you, live in harmony. Let there be no rips and no divisions, no tears. So how do those happen? Sometimes it's as people begin to say things like this. Well, I think we should focus on this ministry. 
In other words, I don't like what the church is focusing on. Why don't they do this? I think we should do this. And it begins to rip. It begins to tear. Some people say, well, why did she have to do that? And it begins to rip and it begins to tear. Someone else says, I I don't like the way the church does that. Too much black in that room. Too much, too, too, it's too dark. There's not enough light. Or there's too much light. It's too bright. Or the screen's too big. The, I, I don't like that. It sounds too loud. I, I don't like that. And it begins to rip and it begins to tear. That's not the way I think they should do it. I, I prefer this. And our preferences begin to rip and they begin to tear. I don't like that. And then there's always the great one. Well, what do you think about Harley? I think he's getting a little fat. <laughs> no, that, that's actually true. <laughs> that's, not, that's not gossip. That's truth. But sometimes people say, what, what do you think about him? I, I don't like it the way he does that, or I don't like the way he does this. What in the world is he doing? And it begins to rip, and it begins to tear. And Paul says, please, 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 let's go the same direction. Let's not let there be a tear. Let's not let there be a rip. And he goes on, and he says, rather... Be of one mind. One mind. Moving in the same direction. Now, being of one mind. Listen, let's, let's be clear, though. We're not talking about being little robots that all look the same. We have an amazing opportunity for us to look like here at Stuttgart Harvest Church a little bit what it's going to look like when we're in heaven all different kinds of skin colors and all different kinds of backgrounds, different people, different shapes, and different sizes. We have all kinds of diversity that we get to have because God has created us beautiful and different, some dark skin and some light skin and, 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 and different colors of hair and different kinds of hair. and We're all different. So we're not talking about Everyone being like a little cyborg. He says, no, 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 no. We should be thinking like each other, moving in the same direction. And I like how he said, be of one mind, because, because it all really does start in the mind. If there is a rip or a tear in the church, it starts in the mind, in our thinking, as we think our preference versus their preference. It begins right here in our mind. But so does choosing to be of one mind. That also starts here in the mind where we choose and decide, I'm going to be aligned. I'm going to move in the same direction. There's going to be harmony. There's going to be unity. And that's what Paul says next. Be united in thought and purpose. So be united in what we're thinking and be united in the purpose that we have been called to. So instead of being torn by different opinions of how things should be, Paul says be rejoined instead. Be knitted back together. Be sewn back together. Be repaired back together. And it starts with our mind. It starts with our thinking it starts with our thoughts it starts with our purpose aligned all four wills moving in the same direction 
you know, Stuttgart Harvest Church. We, we have a direction. We have a purpose. We have a very specific focus. And we don't try to do everything. We don't. I've been a part of churches on staff where we tried to do everything. But we don't at Stuttgart Harvest Church. We do not try to do everything. We really, honestly, we don't even do many things. We do our best instead to stay focused and to do a few things to the best of our ability. And then we try to continue to improve those things little by little as God gives us the wisdom and the insight and the ability to do that. We try to improve. So you might say, okay, well, where are we headed as a church, Harley? Where are we headed? What are we trying to do? And I can tell you with one phrase. It's this. We're loving the Father, family, and friends. And that's it. That's all we're trying to do. See, we're trying to learn to love God the Father. And we're trying to learn to love Him with our whole selves, with all of us, with our minds, with our actions. We're trying to learn to love God the Father. We're also trying to learn to love family. And by family here, we're talking about um, the Stuttgart Harvest Church family. We are trying to learn to live together in this world as a family and to love each other at Stuttgart Harvest Church as a family. We're trying to learn how to do that. And guess what? We are all, myself included, maybe the most imperfect. We are imperfect people trying to learn how to love each other and how to be patient with each other and how to be kind to each other. We're trying to learn to do that. Learning to love the Father and family and we're also learning to love friends. And by friends, we mean we're talking about our friends or everyone else who's out there, especially those who are not yet connected to Jesus. We're learning how to love them. We're learning how to love them in such a way that we can earn the right to tell them our personal stories of how Jesus is making a difference in our lives and how, how Jesus uh, died to pay for their sins and my sins and, and how through submitting to Him and following Him that we can be connected to God forever. And that's it. That's our purpose. At Stuttgart Harvest Church, we are simply loving the Father, family, and friends. And that is it. But you know, part of our alignment, part of all four wheels moving in the same direction is, uh, is how we try to accomplish that purpose that God has called us to. So I want to give you this morning a snapshot of how we do that. I want to use a picture. This morning... Um, in this series, you know, we've been talking about all these kinds of things, things with motors and engines and cars and convertibles. We've been talking about that. But this morning, I want to segue to a different picture, uh, a different snapshot. And I want to use the picture of a home. And very specifically, uh, Vanessa and my home, I, I, let, let me just use that and help you get a mental 
picture of what we're talking about, how we as Stuttgart Harvest Church are trying to accomplish that purpose that God has called us to. Loving the Father, family, and friends. Now, God used one of my mentors about 15 years ago to kind of help me understand this snapshot, this image. And I have been since then working to, to implement that and to teach that and to, uh, to, to do that little by little, maybe a little better, a little more every year. So it describes for us everything we do at Stuttgart Harvest Church. So let me give you a snapshot. So let's use my home. Uh, at, at, at our home, uh, it all starts on the front porch. At our home, we have a front porch. And the front porch at our home is designed to give somebody uh, a, a way to step toward our home. You know, it has hopefully some curb appeal. We've been working hard to make it look nice and to make it friendly. The things we've planted, keeping up the yard and, and planting and planting and plant lots of planting. Weeds, pulling out weed, lots of weeds. But we do hard work to make that look nice and presentable. And in doing that, we hope that people are drawn toward that front porch, that as they're going by, they might look at it. They might one day even step up on it. They're, they're drawn toward it. So we're trying to present to them um, a, a place of happiness and joy. And th that's kind of all that wrapped up into a front porch. But sometimes, sometimes we don't do that. And our front porch, a front porch, I've, I've been in lived in, in homes before where I, did, I just didn't feel like I had time to do that, and so I kind of let it go. And, and so the grass was tall, and things weren't great, and people may have driven by, and they were just shaking their head. I can't believe this is in our neighborhood. I can't believe that goofy guy lives here. I can't believe we let him live here. I can't believe he moved in. What's he, and they may be repelled by a front porch, but our goal at our home is to kind of be the opposite. We want, to be, we want someone to be able to take a step toward our home. Now, for Stuttgart Harvest Church, we also have a front porch. Now, not our literal front porches in the front. No, 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 no. We have a front porch in this experience that we're trying to help create. We have a front porch. And they serve the same purpose. Our front porch at Stuttgart Harvest Church serves the same purpose. We hope to draw people closer to create an interest, an openness toward the church. Now, when I say the church, please, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about this building. You, the people, are the church. And our front porch experiences, we hope to draw people toward the church. You, the people, the church, not a building. For instance... Our block parties that we do with small groups, those block parties, we go to the neighborhoods and, and we are taking the front porch to the neighborhoods, right? And we're trying to express to them who we are and we're trying to let them know, hey, listen, we're imperfect. We're trying to let them be around us and us be around them and, and we're trying to let them know, listen, we're imperfect. We're just learning how to love Jesus and learning how to pursue Jesus together as a church. All of that, those block parties, that is part of our front porch. We have other 
parts of our front porch at Stuttgart Harvest Church. I would even say our, our Facebook page is part of our front porch, helping people understand and giving them an opportunity to, to take a step with us toward being a part of a church. Our Facebook page, our website, you know, we don't talk a lot about our website. You know why? Because our website really, at this point, it may change someday, but at this point, it's really part of our front porch. It's for those people who are wanting to take a look without having to go so they can understand a little more of what it's about and it, and it helps alleviate some fears. That, that's part of our front porch, our website, even the blog, and even the advertising we have done intermittently over the past years. Those are all parts of our front porch experiences. Even the money we're raising toward an LED sign out, out in the parking lot. That LED sign one day will be part of our front porch experience. Every time you serve someone and love someone who is not yet connected to Jesus, you are part of our front porch experience too, out and about as you live. Those are all front porch parts of Stuttgart Harvest Church. And we are doing our best to honestly present everything in such a way where people are interested enough to take another step with us. Now, in my home, after somebody steps onto the front porch, um, they walk into what we call our foyer. Um, and, you know, the foyer in our home is interesting, like anyone's foyer. The foyer is the only room in the house where everything is designed with the guest in mind. It, it, we are being sensitive to the fact that this is a guest and they are coming into our home. So everything is arranged in such a way that we are aware guests are present and this is for them. Guests in our home, as they come in, they get an idea of us as a family. They see all the pictures of the multiplicity of children everywhere. They get an idea that they, there's pictures of us, and there's, that we have little sayings that are on the, the picture wall, and we have things. They get an idea of what we are like, who we are like as a family, because they're our guests, and we want them to get kind of a snapshot of who we are. They get the idea. They get the idea of what makes up this family. Now, Stuttgart Harvest Church, we have a foyer as well. And our foyer at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we're not talking about the literal lobby. Our foyer at Stuttgart Harvest Church is the weekend worship experience. You are in the foyer experience right now. The weekend worship experience. And you might say, well, wait a minute, Harley. I, I thought that the weekend worship experience was like the goal to get people from out there in here and to fill this room as many times as we can fill this room. I thought that was the goal, to get people out there in here with us, the church. And that's not the goal. Getting people into this room is not the goal. That is only the second room of our house here. That is only the second step 
This is not the end result. The weekend worship experience is not the end result. Participating in this worship gathering every weekend is simply an early step about being a part of this church. This four-year, this is it. This room, this worship experience is just simply the four-year. Everything we do during this weekend worship experience, because it is our four-year, everything we do is designed, everything we do on the weekend worship gathering on Sunday, it is designed with our guests in mind. Being sensitive to understand that there are people here for their first and second and third time. And we want to give them a peek into what Stuttgart Harvest Church is all about. And it's not a building. We want to give them a peek at what the people called the church, Stuttgart Harvest Church, what they are all about. And we are sensitive in this environment to the fact that people are here for their first, second, third time, and they are our wanted guests. If you're here for your first or second or third time, listen, we do not single you out in the four-year experience. You're a guest. We do not put you on the spot. You're a guest. We do not do things, our plan is, we don't do things that will make you feel like you cannot be or that you are not one of us. We don't speak a special family language. We, we, don't, uh, we don't have inside jokes in here. You can come for your very first time and you can feel at home. And listen, I just want you to know, if you are here for your first time today and you're beginning to feel at home, then I just want to say this to you. Welcome home. Welcome home. You're part of the family. That's what the four-year experience is all about. And we're sensitive to the fact that we have wanted guests here with us in this home called Stuttgart Harvest Church. We don't do things that are going to make you feel awkward, that are going to make you feel isolated. In fact, to everything we do, we, we try to explain it in plain words to make it make sense about who we are, and about what we're doing. And then we invite these guests, we invite you, if you're our guest, we invite these guests to learn with us how to love the Father, how to love family, how to love friends. And we try to do it all in a way that people can understand by speaking their cultural language. But you know what? In my home, Vanessa and I, we don't want to leave people in the foyer. We don't want to leave them there and say, hey, you hang out here and then go into the house and do what we're going to do and just leave them standing there in the foyer. That's rude. I mean, that's not the way we do it. If we do that, it means we really don't want you in our home. We don't do that. We don't do that. We, we want to bring people deeper into the home. And so we want to bring people from the foyer into the family room. 
So we invite them in deeper. And in our home, in the family room, that's about the next place you go. And the family room is interesting because it's where you can sit down and you can be more relaxed and you can get to know someone a little bit better. You can begin to see how the family functions because a lot of time it's in the family room where you have to start putting things back together, you know, because lots of things happen in the family room. So it gets cluttered, the couches get out of whack and things get left. And so you got to do cleanup, you got to do straighten up. It kind of sometimes begins to be the center of kind of the family chores because it's kind of the most noticeable. You see it in the family room, so that's why maybe it stands out. But it's in the middle of the house maybe, at least it is for us, and it becomes kind of a center of family chores where we pick things up and put things back together. We serve together. Our family room environment at Stuttgart Harvest Church is that next environment too. And that is for us where our serving teams are. We serve together too as a church family. That's where we learn how to take care of household chores and where we learn to actually serve together. And at that same time as we're serving, relationships begin to grow too. But you know what? We learn how to serve. Serving is an important part of being in a family. You know, uh, everybody has been around that person that didn't grow up with any chores. You've, you work with some of those people that grew up and had no chores, Right? And how do you feel about those people? <laughs> you probably stay away from them at work because it's a certain kind of person that has never really had to pitch in and jump in and serve in a family. And church is no different. We jump in together and we do the family chores and we serve together. There are many, many different ways to serve at Stuttgart Harvest Church. And I'm very literally today going to just pause and I'm going to invite you to serve with us. We ask everyone to consider serving on a Sunday serving team. Serve with us. You really can't be part of the family if you don't serve because everyone in the family, they jump in and they make the family work. So we ask everyone to serve on Sundays. Um, some of the areas are a little more strategic at different times than others. It, Taylor's going to put some lights on for us just a little bit so you can see that piece of paper. I, I want you to see that. Um, notice some of the strategic areas we have right now. We've got the 252. That's the school-age kiddos. And right now, as we are doing this with teenagers and adults, the kiddos are learning on their level um, the school-age children. And we're actually growing those teams right now by about six adult leaders. And you could sign up to be a part of that. There's also our first look. Now, that's the preschool kiddos, and we're giving them their first look into the reality that Jesus wants to be their friend. And you could be a part of that. We would encourage you to be a part of that. We're looking probably for about six adult leaders to be a part of that as well. We have another strategic right now area, and that is the facility freshness team. Now, this is amazing because we do not have, uh, we don't pay a professional staff to come in and clean. 
This is just a family chore for us. And we have a group of folks, some of them are professional, but they have volunteered to be part of a ministry, to be a ministry partner, to come in and make sure this facility is ready. And while that happens during the week, the purpose of it is on this weekend worship gathering for Sundays so that you walk into a facility that is as fresh as we can make it so that nothing is offensive, nothing repels you, nothing pushes you away, it draws you in. And you could be a part of that team as well. We're looking to expand that team right now by about four people. Those are strategic. We have so many other areas, though. Right now, you could be a part of the cafe team. All the goodies that you get, they get those ready, the drinks and all of that. We, you, when you came in, you got a name tag this morning. That's part of a serving team on Sunday. The door greeters, the folks who are opening those doors for you as you came in, those smiling faces, that's part of a Sunday serving team. We have guest hosts who will, uh, who will help people find their way around the building when they haven't been very often and they need to know where some things are. We, we, you could be a part of that. Kid check, every child that goes into our uh, children's area goes through a kid's check where we get security tags for the child. You could be a part of that. We have media, lots of media that happens in here in this room and lots of media that happens in the room next to us where the 252 kids are. So many ways to serve, and I would encourage you today, in fact, today, to be a part, to check. And when you check one of these boxes, you're not signing up. You're just saying, hey, I want some information. I would encourage you to pick some and check them out. Check those boxes. We'll get you information. Make sure you fill this out. When the buckets come by at the end, that's where the connection cards go. That's where you can place this as well. We encourage everyone to be a part of the family. Join us in the family room. And for us at Stuttgart Harvest Church, that's on a serving team. I encourage you to be a part of that today. Sign up today. Now, there's one more room in the house that we want to describe. And that is the kitchen. And in that kitchen, there's so often a kitchen table as it is in our house. And, you know, the, this, uh, this kitchen area in our home, it really kind of becomes the life of our home. Uh, you know, we all gravitate there. Uh, Vanessa will be cooking, and we have, uh, we have seating all around that stovetop. And we will be sitting there. We will be visiting. We'll be together. We'll be handing her stuff out of the refrigerator. We'll be sampling. It's delicious. I love that room. It's in that room where a lot of laughter takes place. Sometimes serious conversations where you share your heart, and sometimes it's just deeper, deeper, deeper relationships. It's where we really get to know each other. It seems like the family always gravitates toward that kitchen table, and that's where relationships really, really happen in the home. Well, at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we see that for us as well. A place where the family learns how to communicate with each other and how they learn how to take care of each other. A place where deeper relationships live. And at Stuttgart Harvest Church, for our kitchen table, we call it the small group. We talked about that last week. It is where we laugh with each other, where sometimes people may even cry with each other. It's where we learn how to pray for each other, to encourage each other, to care for each other. 
It is where we learn how together to connect with God the Father. It's where we learn how to connect with the Stuttgart Harvest Church family. It is where together we reach out to our friends who are not yet following Jesus and together we invite them to walk with us into this four-year experience called the Weekend Worship Gathering. So this kitchen table environment, the small group, this is where everything we do, where it leads. It is not into this room where everything leads. No, this room is simply a step toward being involved in a kitchen table environment called a small group. Everything we do at Stuttgart Harvest Church, everything we do is a step toward the kitchen table, a step toward the small group. We work really hard at when ideas come through at eliminating the ideas that are not a clear and obvious step toward the small group. That's why we, we fight to stay focused. There are a lot of good steps out there that we could take, but they're going to misalign us and send us in another direction. We are focused on bringing people into the fr- onto the front porch, into the foyer, into the family room, and into the kitchen table environment. If someone gets stuck in this room, if someone gets stuck and stalled in the foyer, in the worship gathering on the weekend, then they really are stuck. And they have not experienced what it means to follow Jesus as part of the Stuttgart Harvest Church family. You see, this is how we keep all four wheels aligned and moving in the same direction. If anyone comes into our church with different ideas about how we should do it or we should focus over here or focus over here, they have an idea, this would be a good idea, but if it's not a step towards a small group, if we do that, then it's going to begin to steer us in a whole other direction and we're going to be fighting against ourselves, trying to go this way and part of us trying to go that way. And things will wear out and things will break down. So we work hard to stay aligned. But remember, you know, having to work hard to stay aligned, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Because it's only when a car is out there on the journey, being driven, being, uh, doing what it was designed to do, being out there on the road, It's only when it's on the journey and and traveling that you have to worry about alignment. If we have this church parked up in the garage not doing anything, then alignment doesn't matter. But because we are out there on the journey, actively pursuing and actively traveling, that is when along the journey, sometimes we do, we hit a curb and it can knock us out of alignment. So we work hard to stay aligned and to realign. That's why sometimes we're out there on the journey and we hit a pothole. We didn't see it coming. And we work hard to get back into alignment. 
Sometimes we hit road debris. Things happen while you're out there, but we work hard to stay aligned. Moving in the same direction. Under the same purpose that God has called us. Under the same call. And doing things the way we feel like God has set us up as Stuttgart Harvest Church to function. So that we can keep away from the tears. We can keep away from the rips and the divisions. And Paul goes on, he describes in verse 11, very specifically, a division. He calls them out in verse 11. He says, for some members of Chloe's household, he says, have told me about your quarrels. He says, oh, my dear brothers and sisters. And then a verse or two later, he says, has Christ been divided into factions? In other words, don't be ripped apart. Stay united. Stay together. One mind. Aligned. Moving in the same direction. And that's why I'm clearly this morning, it all comes down to this. I'm just going to ask you this. We want you to join us on this journey. Wherever you are in our home, front porch, and maybe you listening on Facebook Live, we're inviting you into the foyer. Come here. Come into this room with us. Maybe in the foyer this morning, we're, we're inviting you into the family room. Join a serving team. Come serve with us. And ultimately, we're inviting everybody to the kitchen table. Because that's where it really all happens in this family. Align with us. In fact, you'll have an opportunity to sign up for groups in just about four weeks. In September, part of September, we'll be signed up for the groups that will begin the end of September, the beginning of August, somewhere in there. And we invite you, come and be a part. Let's make it to the kitchen table. Align with us. We are just simply learning to love the Father, our family, and our friends. And we want to love them all the way to the cross of Jesus. You know what? It's that cross of Jesus that's the only reason we're here. The only reason we're here is how this amazing, great God loves His creation so much, you, His children, so much, that He did not want to leave us separated from Him. So His plan was to die. To die for me, to die for you. And in submitting our, loves, our, our lives to Him, we benefit because Jesus, His blood, will connect us to God forever. How great. How great. How amazing is our God. And in just a moment, we're going to celebrate that. But first, let's pray. God, as Paul challenged us when he said, 
that he appeals to us, brothers and sisters, by your authority, Jesus, to live with each other in harmony, to not let there be any rips or tears or divisions in the church, but rather we are to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Jesus, may we stay aligned with the mission and the purpose that you have given us at Stuttgart Harvest Church. May we not let divisive thoughts slip into our minds and try to steer us in a different direction. May those that you have called to Stuttgart Harvest Church walk in unity as we love you, Father, as we love and learn to love our Stuttgart Harvest Church family and the many people around us as we strive to walk with them all the way to your cross where they can submit to you and follow you, Jesus. Grant this prayer only if it is uh, in accordance to your will, Father, grant this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.